Hello and welcome to the Currency Exchange, NatWest Markets FX podcast, where we focus on the main events driving currency markets this week and in the week ahead. Today, I'm joined by Paul Robson, who is our co-head of GTNFX Trading based here in London. And we are discussing the Bank of England rate decision, which was definitely uh, the focus for this week and expectations were high considering um, UK inflation sort of less than expected going into it. Um, but maybe a bit of a damp squid in terms of the market reaction. Paul, what were your main takeaways from today's decision? Yeah, I completely agree with you about the sort of, it was a little bit of timid reaction certainly in um, FX markets and, and also um, in rates markets as well. So maybe there wasn't a huge amount of new information in it. But I think there was clear risks that there was going to be a sort of dovish pivot from the, the Bank of England. I think market sentiment was that way as well. And I, I think the key takeaway is that we we really didn't get that. So uh, in terms of the decision, we got the quarter point hike in rates, which was already fully priced by markets in line with our own expectations. The vote count uh, 72 for raising rates to dissenters for unchanged rates, that was also in line with expectations. But this meeting was always going to be about the guidance, about the sort of hints from the MPC about where rates might be going in the future, because that's ultimately what's going to be more important for the, the market reaction. And, and in, in terms of that guidance, it was almost a carbon copy of the previous meeting, and I think actually relative to market expectations in terms of guidance, that, that played a little bit hawkish. So this idea that further rate hikes might be needed if there were signs that uh, inflation had been a little, or turns out to be a little bit more uh, persistent. So uh, the outlook for policy uh, here in the UK is still very much data dependent. I, I guess that's always the case for central banks, but central banks, ECB, Fed are just taking it sort of one month at the time, because we are at sort of close to peak rates or inflection point in uh, policy. And for the Bank of England, they're, they're probably quite confident inflation is going to come down because you've got the sort of cumulative impact of all the other rate hikes that they've delivered, which aren't actually impacting the economy yet, uh, because people take time to sort of remortgage and filters into sort of the effective policy rate. And we are moving into a very interesting sort of uh, three month period where a lot of those sort of two year interest rate mortgages are coming up to be uh, refinanced. The headline inflation uh, on our forecast thinks it's, it's going to go uh, low as well. But for now, uh, I think the slightly sort of hawkish guidance relative to dovish price markets, not in terms of rates, but in terms of the guidance, that was the, the key takeaway for me today. Mm, okay, so still a hawkish outlook for the Bank of England. I mean, what do you think are kind of the main drivers or what are you looking for in terms of kind of Sterling's broad reaction from here? Well, over the last couple of months, Sterling has moved with interest rate expectations. So I, I referenced sort of two-year interest rates um, between, say, the US and the UK or the UK and Europe. And I, you know, that still uh, matters. But there are some other... I think, key drivers for saying that people have to be uh, mindful about. And, and they're, they're, they're sort of turning a little bit more positive for the, the currency. Obviously, we've talked a lot in the past about some of the risks around the UK outlook um, and that maybe markets had to revisit their um, excessive pessimism, in our view. 
uh, and that's what they've been uh, doing. But some more recent events, so this uh, sort of banking sector instability uh, in the US and in Europe, the UK has almost been like this island of uh, stability uh, in terms of that. And when people are a little bit more fearful, if they are fearful about uh, the banking sector, maybe UK assets are suddenly looking a little bit uh, more uh, attractive. Uh, we think balance of payments trends uh, is underappreciated in terms of sterling markets. So energy prices having come lower, we think the trade deficit is going to, to narrow. And if growth expectations continue to drift higher, then that's a, a better combination of how you fund the deficit because stronger growth, even though the baseline is pretty weak, will attract more capital uh, into the UK. I think the weakness in global manufacturing is also important for the UK because here in the UK, we have a much more sort of service sector dominant economy. And that's the part of the global economy that's doing well. So we're sort of less impacted by weak manufacturing, helped by uh, the service sector uh, as well. Um, and the final point, just this idea that you're getting uh, positive data surprises here in the UK relative to the US, relative to Europe. And while that continues, uh, we're happy to be uh, looking for further uh, gains for sterling against the major currencies. Yeah, I think that's a key point that, you know, it's all relative to expectations. And I guess expectations were quite low when it came to the UK. We had quite a bad, uh, I guess, investment perception. Um, and I know you were quoted in the FT talking about that kind of change in sentiment uh, when it comes to sterling. Where do you think that change is coming from? Well, I think it's just the um, better than expected growth outlook in the UK. I think that's one of the key drivers um, as I've mentioned previously, the, the baseline for the UK is pretty weak. It, it's not great, um, but the, the, the change in expectations is positive. I would say the delta on those uh, in, um, growth forecasts is, is positive. So we came into the beginning of the year and looking at the Bloomberg consensus for UK growth this year, but it's actually going to be negative. People were forecasting a 1% drop uh, in GDP in the UK. And on the latest numbers, it's just below uh, zero. And in fact, the Bank of England today, they revised up both their inflation uh, forecast, but also their, those growth numbers. And so I think markets are having to revisit what was previously a, a very sort of pessimistic baseline for the, the UK. And I, I think that that uh, matters. Um, I think that um, you know, we've, we've talked about the risks around the UK. Remember, I think you mentioned them last week about the dogs that didn't bark and, and we continue to, to see those. And I think other people have come around to the idea that uh, those risks have um, sort of gradually been ticked off. They're no longer a risk to the outlook or certainly the probability of them impacting has been uh, reduced and that um, the outlook for the UK and certainly looks a little bit um, better. Um, and I would also just say that maybe valuations were uh, very low for sterling uh, and maybe they're just adjusting to more uh, realistic levels. And I know it's kind of, we've had this kind of frustratingly slow disinflation project, uh, process here in the UK, but actually in the US, we got some better than expected number with a sharper than expected decline um, in US uh, CPI. I mean, how does that place us in terms of our dollar downtrend view? Well, we're still very much behind that sort of dollar trades uh, weekly from uh, here as it becomes the US economy becomes less exceptional. And the, the 
core view or key view here is that um, the dollar mainly underperforms against European currencies, where we see the, the sort of lingering impact of lower energy prices, um, seeing a shift in rates and relative growth against the, the dollar. So those inflation numbers this week sort of play to that uh, view. So some of the headline numbers a little bit stronger than expected, but the details of the overall US CPI report, I think, were dovish. You also got some supporting uh, references in the Wall Street Journal from someone who uh, watches the Fed very closely. And it, it just plays the idea that the Fed is done for now, at least uh, tightening rates. And actually, by the end of the year, our economics team think that they could be cutting rates pretty uh, aggressively. And if you put that in the context of today's changing guidance or the lack of changing guidance from the Bank of England and then the ECB still guiding to further rate hikes, rate space moving against the dollar, I think is the, the key takeaway. So uh, we're very much um, behind the idea of the, the dollar uh, goes weaker. Uh, the other point that I'm, I'd like to make, and this is a point that my colleague uh, Brian Dangerfield was making uh, to me earlier in the week, and it's about the focus now is what kind of slowdown do you get in the US? Is it a soft landing or is it a hard landing? And this all plays to the idea of where you are on the dollar smile. So you can get a little bit weaker US data, and that's negative for the dollar. But if you were to get a real sharp slowdown in the US economy, it sort of starts playing positive for the dollar as um, sort of risk sentiment in market starts to deteriorate. And at the moment, we're in that little sweet spot where the data are weakening, um, a sort of soft landing in the US and the dollar goes down, uh, primarily against, as I say, European currencies, we think. Well, definitely in the EM space, you know, we're all hoping uh, for a dollar downturn. It just provides so much tailwinds um, for EM currencies. And, you know, because EM economies are so much poorer and because of that, you know, in the CPI basket, energy and food accounts for much bigger weighting. We've really seen inflation coming lower. But I think one thing that kind of understill our positive EM view, you know, is the fact that actually EM central banks have been very cautious. They don't want to incite currency depreciation pressures uh, by easing too prematurely. Um, Paul, thank you so much for joining us um, and giving us your take on the Bank of England this week. Uh, that's about all we have time for. So let me wrap it up there. If you did like our podcast too, please do click like and remember to subscribe so you can get the latest episode first.